All right, guys, welcome to the Make the Day Awesome podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Luther, and today we have an amazing special guest joining us, Michelle Fuller. Michelle is a good friend of ours, Um, met her through the Apex Network. Uh, She is a lifestyle and transformation coach. Um, Michelle, thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, it's an absolute honor. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So if you could just give us a quick rundown like that, that 30,000 foot view of who you are and where you're from. Who am I? Well, um, I am one bold MF. That's who I am. It's a play on my initials, but I have like the best initials ever. So that is my business name. And that is what I really believe in. I believe in helping women lead uh, and live their very best lives. And I think that that is um, immersed in being very bold, bold enough to go after what you want. That is without a doubt truth. Yes. I I think um, I'm going to spin here real quick, but uh, we get too caught up in our own minds and whatnot but we can dive into the, the boldness in a little bit. So uh, Michelle, if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit of your backstory with our community, kind of give them an idea of <laughs> like, where, where did it start for Michelle, right? Where, because we're here to empower people and to show people that, hey, look, I might be going through a lot of shit right now, but on the other side of all this shit, there's something there for me. And I think you embody that vision with your one bold MF uh, Mm -hmm. coaching and transformation. And I think it's an amazing thing that you're doing, especially coaching women and helping them build their confidence and find the belief in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because I don't believe that women should live in victimhood. You can be the victor in your life and you absolutely should be. When we choose to play the role of the victim, then we're not available for change. And I'm all about fucking change. So for me, it started a little over five years ago. I just came out of a long relationship. It was a little over a year. My dad had just moved from Texas to Florida. So none of that sounds like it would have been as devastating as it was, and it should not have been, but Less than a week after the breakup, my dad's in Florida. I am in my bed crying hysterically. I am surrounded by tissues, coffee cups. I am living in my pajamas and I am barely functioning. I could not figure out why. Uh, So I reached out to a coach that was online that I followed and he had me fill out a questionnaire. And it was all about who I was, my childhood, my past. In our very first coaching session, very first one, he helped me peel back the layers on what the hell was going on with me. I could not believe how simple it was and how I had missed the connection between the things that had been showing up in my life and what was the cause of those things showing up in my life. And when I, when I say that, I mean the negative things. I was a master at many things, but they all served me in really, really poor ways. 
when I was small growing up, I had a mother that was also very bold and she was also fierce and she captivated rooms and she was this force to be reckoned with gorgeous, right? A model. She used to be in pageants. She, but (laughs) my mom had her own demons and she grew up with alcoholic parents who were emotionally abusive, probably physically abusive. My mom married my dad when she was 17 and off she went to live her family life. She had me about five years later and then she had my sister about two years later. But where I'm going with all of this is the relationship that I had with my mom was extremely toxic. I never heard the words I love you from my mom, ever. Never, ever did I hear that from my mother. I felt unseen, unheard. I really tried to hide inside my little family. I tried to um, just stay in my room as much as I could. My mom had a fierce temper um, and she was very, very hard for me to get along with. We moved to North Carolina when I was about 10 from Kentucky where I was born. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer shortly after. By the way, my parents are separated at this time. They're in the middle of a divorce because my mom had an affair on my dad. And my dad takes her back. And, you know, the next four years are an absolute blur for me. I had to grow up so fast. I really never got to resolve any of that pain with my mom. I was just really trying to... I guess, do the best I could as a little girl and survive. We were all in survival mode. And then my mom passed away when I was 14. Off I went into the world with all of these wounds. You know, it wasn't just the death of my mother. It was the wounds that I was carrying emotionally. And because I didn't know that I was carrying those wounds with me, I attracted all kinds of people to my life that reflected all of the things that I had buried. I was full of bitterness, anger, resentment. Talk about a victim. Oh my God, right? Everything was my mom's fault. I married, I had kids, I married again, I had another kid, and every relationship was worse than the the previous one. I brought people to my life who were just a reflection of my mother. And that was the simple string that that coach helped me connect. It started with my mom. She was my first heartbreak and it connected to everything else in my life. And the thing that was so important for me to get was that I was attracting people to my life that either acted the way that my mom did in the relationship with my dad or They treated me the way that she did when she was living. That's where it all started. (laughs) Wow. Um, Michelle, there is so much to unpack on this. And I think one of the key points, and I don't think we've really dove into this conversation with any of the other guests that we've had, um, but it's the, the role that our parents play in our lives. Yeah. And how seriously, like, not just, not just, hey, my, my, my parents might have beat my ass, right? But we're talking, yeah. like, just that neglected feeling, like, 
the feeling of love that we all want and how that plays out into our future relationships and how important that is. And I mean, I, I, I don't want to date you here, but um, what kind of time window are we talking about before, like from A to realization and learning how to release that? You like, mean from the time that, that he connected the dots for me and the time that I actually healed? No, from, from the childhood. Oh. Like you, they, yeah. Oh, decades. So I'm 47 right now. <laughs> um, I was 41 when I realized this. Imagine that. Four decades. Four decades of my life I spent hating my mom, dating really badly, and never, ever getting the message. Because here's the other thing that I really believe. So I really work the woo-woo. And a lot of people don't believe in that, and that's fine. But for me, I believe that the universe is always trying to help us. Like, I feel like I am divinely guided and divinely supported. And it's always shown up in my intuition. And we all have that. I was a master at ignoring that because I was very selfish and I wanted what I wanted. And I thought that I always knew better. So, you know, if I was starting out in a relationship, for example, there could be a million red flags. Hell, there could be, there could have been a neon sign in the pathway. And I still would have done it because I was so damn stubborn and just thought that I could change people right? I could change them. Um, but I really believe that the reason that I never got the lesson is because I never listened, right? I never yeah. listened. I thought I was right. I was too headstrong. I was too obstinate. Um, and the universe just spanked my ass over and over and over with the same lesson until I got it. Until I got the lesson. And there are many lessons that I still get spanked with, right? But I really feel like at this stage of my life, after the coaches and the work and what I do, I know how it feels to settle. I do. I know how it feels to walk through your life numb as hell, not knowing where you're going, why you're here, why you're bringing the things to your life that you are and feeling like the entire world is against you. I know how that feels. I know how it feels to be the woman who believes that she doesn't deserve better. I know how that feels. I know how it feels to be cheated on, to be hurt, to be heartbroken, to feel unseen. I know how that feels but I also know how it, how it feels when you take responsibility for your one life, one life, and start making the changes to become the woman that you want to be, to have the life that you want to live. Because it's possible. It is. And it starts with you. Facts. So, so along this journey, um when 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 did the bite for the entrepreneurial bug come where, where did you find that 
Um, it's really been something that um, I've been called to do for a long time. I'll be honest with you. I've always, always been super curious. I'm super curious about humans, about psychology, about why we do the things that we do. I've always been a voracious reader. And I think that that goes back to my curiosity. I want to know things. I want to know why. I'm a why person. Okay. Um, but I was terrified, absolutely terrified to do it because I didn't believe that I deserved it. And I didn't believe that I could do it. But once I started making those systematical changes in my personal life, because here's the thing, mindset is the real flex, right? That's where it all starts. I don't care what you're trying to do, lose weight, get a relationship, get the job, make the money, do this, do that. It's all, it's here. It's all here. It starts right here. Once I started working on my mindset, it became so clear to me that not only was I changing my own life, but now it was my turn to change other people's lives. And it just made perfect sense for me to do that. And from there, you know, it was Zoom. Zoom? Zoom. Zoom. Because I feel like once you make that decision and you own it and you know it's possible, you move so much faster to that result right? Most people never, ever put their foot on the damn pedal because they're terrified. They live in fear. They don't believe they deserve it. They don't believe they're worthy. They have all of these limiting beliefs right here. And so they're just sitting there and park with their foot on the brake. They never put their, their foot on the pedal. And when I mean zoom, I mean, I took my damn foot off the brake and I just zoomed into what I wanted. It's not like I've hit the end of the road either right? I mean, I'm still on that road. It's ever going. The vision gets bigger and bigger. The impact that I want to have on the scale that I see in my mind is incredible, but I don't sit in fear with my foot on the brake anymore. And by taking those steps, the road starts to appear and more and more people come to help you. You start finding new books. You start finding new communities. Apex is a great example of a community that is built not only in entrepreneurship, but in building connection, in helping you, in supporting you. It's, it, but it, to me, Apex really checks all the boxes, okay? And here's why. Because you have this community, right, that was built by Ryan Stuman. And he has an incredible story. And I love the contrast in his story, you know, how he's overcome so many things to create the things that he has, the life, the family, the businesses. But I feel like inside Apex, especially because of where his values are, he's passed that on to the rest of us. So not only do you get the skill set that you need to be an incredible entrepreneur and to build your business, you get the knowledge, you also get the connection and the community of all the people that are there that are so willing to help you. This is, this is 100%. I think we just talked about this the other day on the podcast about how important having that community around you is. And I know from our experiences that we've had, um, few, but they, they, they're there, um, like speaking at Stacy's event. Right. I, I can't. You walked us through the exercise 
of mm. writing that letter. Mm. And like at first, because I, I was there as help on the team, you know, do whatever. And I was letting Vanessa just kind of do her thing. But then I was like, you know what, give me a sheet of paper. And by the time that was over, it was like, you know, with the, and I, I just came across it a couple of days ago, chilling mm. in my suitcase. I'm like, what is this letter? And then I opened it up and it's like, damn. It's powerful, isn't it? It is. I really believe um, that there are really three pillars that um, not only changed me, but that I pass on to my clients. Um, and we talked about, I talked about that in my speech. Number one, you must take responsibility for your life, for how you show up, what your thoughts are, what you do. You do not get to live in victimhood and live the life that you want to live, period. That's it. You just don't. You, get, you don't get to blame anyone for how you show up in your own damn life. That's not how it works. Uh, number two, facing your past. So I was talking about how I was a master at burying things. It's because mm -hmm. I would not face the things that were behind me. And I don't mean live there, but I mean, deal with your shit. Like deal with it because it's not going to go away until you do. Okay. We're so scared of our emotions. Like, listen, running through your emotions and recognizing them takes away all their power, by the way. Um, and then the third one is forgiveness. So forgiveness is huge. It's, it, it's right up there with taking responsibility because we all believe that if we forgive someone else, we are giving them um, a pass on how they treated us. And that's complete bullshit. We're not giving anyone a pass on how they treat us, but you get to decide what you want to carry around. So if you do not forgive someone, you're the one that carries around the resentment you're the one that carries around the bitterness. You're carrying the heavy luggage of that burden with you everywhere you go. And I'll tell you what, it impacts how you show up with everyone else, your kids, your family, your community. Um, and if you are also holding on to that internally, it's going to impact, it's going to impact you physically. There's no way that it can't. It's the mind body connection, which I'm, I'm very serious about. Uh, and then forgiving yourself. So that's what you did. And that was the exercise that I walked everyone through at the end. We as humans, uh, man, we are so hard on ourselves, aren't we? Um, Very much we so. would not talk to our kids the way that we talk to ourselves. We hang on to things that we've done in the past that were reflective of the person that we used to be, not the person we are now. And we are so unwilling to let it go because we believe that we must carry that around with us. And that if we forgive ourselves for what we did, uh, that we are somehow letting our own selves off the hook. And the truth is I, as well as you, every single person, I don't give a shit who you are. We have all done things in our life that we regret. You could not go through life and do things that you did not regret. The thing about forgiving yourself that's so powerful is you are going back in time and you're reflecting on who you used to be, right? What you were thinking, what you were doing. And you are writing to yourself with empathy and understanding and letting it go. And it's amazing when you do it because 
you feel lighter, right? You have all these emotions that come to the surface and you feel free. A lot of people came out of that and were sending me direct messages and were emailing me, reaching out to me saying that it completely changed how they showed up from that moment forward that they had been carrying that heavy burden for such a long time. It completely changed how they showed up from the time they left that room. And I thought that was amazing. All it takes is one moment of sitting down, thinking back on your life, thinking about something that really bothers you that you did and taking the time to let yourself walk through the exercise of self-forgiveness and letting it go. That's huge because, and just to, for me to connect with this, um, that's kind of where I was at one point uh, a couple years ago is I got to this point where Pandora's box was so heavy on me. I didn't know how to process what was coming up and it came, it it tied back to all those childhood situations, right? We don't see that until it really happens. And then once we start consciously, consciously looking for the triggers to that then we start seeing how it all connects but yeah we especially like from a male aspect you know we don't there's not a lot of support out there we can't talk about our emotions we can't talk about our feelings and it makes it difficult even with our spouses and whatnot so when all this stuff comes and that's where I was I was at that point where it was like I don't know how to deal with this I would rather hurt myself not unalive myself but hurt myself to deal with physical pain instead Mm -hmm. of dealing with mental unpacking right and shortly after that I started diving into all the woo-woo and um, the mental work the mindset work got involved with apex started feeding my mind the right things Um, actually I've really dove into like wavelength therapy, like, uh, audio, um, -hmm. certain hertz frequencies and how they affect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dove into that. Um, NLP is a great resources and hypnosis. Like Mm -hmm. I talked about, um, I've talked about it on a few episodes here about using hypnosis or podcast recurring, um, while you sleep. And it's Mm -hmm. just that constant stream of, it's like having a good IV right? Yeah. You know, all these IV locations popping up now to cure your hangover. Well, give yourself an IV for your brain. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the different paths that we take on our own journey to help us pull back the curtain on the puppet behind is unique. And and there are so many resources that are available, right? Um, When, when I say that, you know, the puppet, because we, we don't realize that like our subconscious, well, I'm speak. I hope that your audience understands what I'm saying. So you have your conscious and you have your subconscious. So your subconscious is behind the scenes mm-hmm. and your subconscious is the one that's running the show. It's the puppet. It's the puppeteer. Right. And if you don't deal with your shit, that subconscious is like behind the curtain, just pulling the strings and you're just dancing to whatever they're pulling. What's really interesting to me is that our subconscious, so that was built in our childhood. And that's why so many of us can't connect the dots on why we are the hot mess that we are in our lives. 
that's where it's rooted. That's where it started. That's where that tree started to grow. And a lot of those memories um, were formed, you know, before we were actually able to remember them, right? <clears throat> I think that, you know, to me, I don't care which path someone takes to pull themselves out of the hole that they've dug, right? I don't care which path you take. And there are so many incredible paths. What I do care about is women who are not living the life that they could live because they don't believe that they can. That's what I care about. I care about those women who have settled or conformed or watered themselves down because they thought they had no choice. I care about those women who don't believe they can create incredible love, have incredible relationships. I care about those women because that was me. Most people look at me and they're like, oh, you know, she's got this great fiance, which I do. Joey is a complete baller. I love Joey. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, you know, she's happy and, you know, she must have it made. And well, I mean, I do in a lot of ways and in a lot of ways I'm still growing, but the thing that I want to point out is that I'm naturally introverted. A lot of people would never guess that, but I am, I much prefer to like stay at home and just drink my coffee and read books. I would be so okay with that. Um, I grew up very shy though, and I have been extremely heavy. When I graduated from high school, I was 180 pounds with a face full of freckles. It could not have been more awkward. And I, what I did back then, one of my coping mechanisms was food, right? Yep. I ate because it was a great distraction. Um, and it allowed me to not deal with the things that were in front of me. The ironic thing about food is that you eat to distract yourself from the emotions that you're feeling, but then the weight makes you feel like shit. So you eat more and it just goes on and on and on, right? It never stops. Yep. We're all doing different things day in and day out that distract us from living the life that we say we want. That's why I'm such a why person, because I feel like we all have the answers. Coaches don't really do anything incredible. We just help you connect the dots. And a lot of people never sit down and ask the questions. Why do I do this? Where did this start? Why do I believe this? Your answers are going to tell you who you are and where, what you need to change to have the things that you say that you want. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly the experiences that I've had is again, getting back to connecting the dots is being aware to look for that. Why, why, mm -hmm. why do I do this? Why do I act this way? What, what? And all of a sudden it's, it's like, I, I sometimes I swear like on the side here, I think I drive my wife nuts because I'll come up, I'll just have this moment and it's total light bulb and I'll be like, oh, and she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, well, I, I just like this popped into my head. And 
it's just you know it, it's just catching it in those random do you moments. write it down i i do sometimes yeah, me too. sometimes sometimes you need to write it down all the time because you know why it's being revealed to you for a reason write it down it's going to be important i promise you when you start having those aha moments Something is being said to you. Something's being revealed to you. Honor that. Write it down. Okay. Because you'll forget it. Yeah. Write it down. You, my, you know, my, I always laugh because um, I, I really love to go to bed at night. <laughs> I like to sleep. However, my, um, my internal game or my higher self loves to have a conversation around 11 to 12. So I'll be laying in bed trying to sleep and I'll start getting like downloads is what I call them. Oh yeah. You know, I start hearing things and I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to grab my phone to do this right now, but I know if I don't, I'm going to lose it. Because we all think we're going to remember this and we're not. And I think it's really twofold. So <clears throat> when you have your intuition, when you have a thought come to your mind, um, number one, honor that because that's coming from somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. um, and honor it by writing it down. And then I promise you, because this happens to me all the time, you're going to go back and reflect on that. It's going to be a post. It's going to be a podcast. It's going to be a speech. It's going to be a book, maybe. It's going to be something that's going to change someone else's life. That's why it's so important. And the more you honor it and the more you write it down, the more it will speak to you. I love that. So I'm going to make a point to start writing it down more. Yeah. Yeah. One bold <laughs> MF said so. One bold MF said so. Mm -hmm. Because no, that, that is important. Like we've um, done a few episodes on um, like, growing business and entrepreneurship and whatnot, but, but having, I mean, that's kind of a key content creator right there. Oh God. And it's free and it's really good shit. Cause it's, yeah. it's not coming from you. It's coming from something else. And how beautiful is that? And that's never wrong. No, that is never wrong. No, you know, there's so much regurgitated crap out there anyway. Every, you know, we're all saying, saying the same thing, but we're spinning it with our different, our different uh, flavor. That's what I always say. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's why I like, you know, I work the woo-woo. Well, I do. Like, I love gangster rap, but I also love crystals. I'm a really fucking weird girl. And I don't apologize for it either. Hot pink is like my color. I love pink. And I also love unicorns. Like I want a unicorn head, a big pink one behind me on the wall. I mean, I, I don't operate in normalcy because I feel like it's really fucking boring. It's why I love One Bold MF so much. My initials are great, but it's the lead, right? It's like, why not embrace the fact that I use really strong language and why not do it unapologetically? Why can't I love Dre and crystals? Why? Right. Because you I can. Mean, I'm just saying that most people, this is what I've seen. They will dim one part of their life to elevate another because we all believe that we have to be something to be liked, to be seen, and to be heard. It's very, very hard to be different, 
right? Yeah. To be who you truly are in a world that tries to tell you who you should be. No, no, no. We really, we really do dim that light. And um, I think you had the experience of meeting our 15 year old daughter. Yes. She is very much in that same realm. Like her, she, she's a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, she has an interest in crystals and just the, and I'm not, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to sit here and outcast her for it or shun her or anything like, like she needs to find her own way. Right. She needs to understand. And she's this, so she's, she's not all about pink. Um, Actually, I think she kind of dreads the color, but she's into so much girly stuff. And it's like, and there's nothing wrong with it. And they're not girly stuff, but the the magical, the whimsical, the yeah, fantasy, yeah, if you will, yeah, yeah. And you're right. We are we dim our lights to appease yeah. to other people. We're told who to be, and we believe it. I don't know. I I'm very very spiritual. Um, I used to be a Christian, but I would say that I'm just I'm more spiritual right now. Okay, you know. Um, and that works really well for me because it allows me to navigate life without any restrictions. I feel like I can just, you know, believe what I want to believe. And, um, I really love the freedom in that when it comes to the crystals, the incense, the sage, I really believe in energy. We are energy. Like this whole world is you are, I am the desk, the chairs, everything. It's all energy. And so I believe that the path to our spiritual spirituality is very unique and it's very different. And I love that you are letting her kind of figure it out. Cause that's what I did with my kids too. I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell you this, you can go off into life and you can choose what to believe. And I'm always going to love you no matter what. And my kids have done that. And they know that they've had the freedom to do that. My daughter was the best teacher in patience. So you know, before I started this journey, I would say that I was, you know, inside a box, for example, I was the good girl, so to speak. I did things like a certain way. And it's like, you had to look a certain way. And, um, and my daughter would come out and she would have on stripes and like glitter. And then there would be some other strange colors going on and nothing ever matched ever, even though I laid out her clothes. And she would, she would stand in the kitchen, little blonde, blue eyed girl. And I would look down at her and I would go, did you see the clothes that mommy laid out for you? And she would go, yeah. She goes, I put them back in the drawer. And I go, well, I mean, do you notice that nothing you have on matches? And she would go, yeah. She goes, I like it that way. It was I mean, excruciating for a control freak to allow her daughter to just be the wild, crazy child that she was. And it took me a long time to settle into it. So as she started getting older, her hair started changing colors, blue, green, black. I mean, we went through all of the rainbow colors, right? And, um, you know, she, she likes combat boots, but she also loves heels. And now she's 16. So she really loves to experiment. You know, one day I would say that she would be very edgy. And then the other day she'll be like very um, 
prim and proper and she's all over the place, but I love that you're giving your daughter the freedom to do what she wants, to be who she is, to figure it out because you don't want to dim her light either. And you want her to know that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with her. She's, she, she goes, so everything is kind of stuck in that like emo, like there's a few things that she's been like, like dresses and whatnot, but like, she'll, she'll be that combat boots and straight mm-hmm. pants. And then mm-hmm. the next day she's like, I, I think we were, we went to the mall this past weekend and she was rocking like um, one of her skirts with like this, um, uh, what, what do they call it? The tool that goes underneath. So like, yes. Really yeah. flared out and jeans underneath. Like, I was like, Hey, if that's what makes you happy, go for it. But you know what I love about that? Most girls would never do that. And you know what that says about her? She's really confident. And you know what that means for you and Vanessa? You guys are doing a good job. Because listen, most girls would never dress that way. You know why? Because they don't want to be different. Imagine how hard it is for us as adults to go, to wave our freak flag, right? And go... I'm really fucking different and I'm okay with it. And you guys are probably going to hate me for it. It's hard for us to do. Imagine going to a school or to a mall where they can openly make fun of you, shame you, judge you. That's huge. Yeah. Good. Go girl, live your life. I do love it. And I, I try to empower her as much as I can through it all, even with her graphic design business and everything that she's doing. Uh, we really do push her to do, to be different. Like even, even, okay. Okay. So let's get back into entrepreneurship because um, speaking of, of that, you know, the societal conditioning between jobs and building a job mm-hmm. or building, building a legacy for yourself. Um, I think, I think that's huge, especially in um, working with women, right? Like you do. Um, I think, we need to take away the stigma of stepping into what we're called to create. That bigger, better, legacy-driven right. machine. Right. I'll tell you what I believe about our school system. Um, and I'm really passionate about this, not just with relation to like, you know, my kids, but just in relation to kids in general and the way that I grew up, and I'm sure it's the way that you grew up. In school, we are taught to conform, right? We are taught to sit down, shut up, follow the rules, don't color outside the line, don't really be seen, don't really be heard, don't be loud. We are told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And we believe, because we are told in school, that the measure of our ability in life is in direct correlation to the grades that we get while we're there. And nothing could be further from the truth. And I really believed for the longest time because I did really poorly in school. I did great in English, by the way, like loved English. Says the content creator. Right. (laughs) Loved English, but I hated math and I hated science and I hated it with a passion. And not only did I hate it, but I barely graduated high school. I did not do well in college. I didn't, I don't actually have a college degree. Um, but I work very hard. I'm fiercely independent. 
Um, and I really, really just climbed the corporate ladder. Now, I did all of that because I believed I was supposed to, and I didn't believe I had a choice. So I'm here for a different conversation for our youth. What if you did have a choice? Just by changing that question, what if you did have a choice? If you had a choice, what would you do? And just by asking those two questions, you change it completely because now you've given them the opportunity to tell you what they would do if they didn't have to go to college, right? If school didn't matter so much, what would you do? Because I feel like that's the important conversation that we need to be having with our kids, right? In fact, especially in this generation, uh -huh. these gener I think, it, honestly, it could go back to our generation. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're all just trained to believe that there's no other way. It's why entrepreneurship isn't really talked about in school. I don't know. They didn't talk about it in my school. I don't know if they talked about it in yours. I was taught in school to get the grades so I could go get a good, safe job. Yep. That's Where I'm from, taught. it was the GM plan. Right, exactly. And you're taught that because it's the way the schools were structured, it was way back in the day when we needed people to work those jobs. But yeah. over the course of time, that's all changed. When my kids were growing up, number one, I, I, when I, my son is 25 and my daughter is 16. But when my kids were growing up and my daughter's going to be a senior, like, I don't, I don't check up on your grades. Number one, your grades are your responsibility, okay? And I should not have to follow up to make sure that you're doing your job right now, which is school. Um, and the other thing that I told my kids is it's just, it's the gateway, right? You're going to go through school. Your grades aren't a reflection of the person you are. They're just a reflection of your skills or what you know inside that class. It means diddly at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and then three, I've really taught my kids to color outside the box, especially my daughter, because she is my wild card. And I can tell that, you know, she just wants to do very, very different things with her life. And I am here for that party. Totally. We need to have a different conversation with our kids. Like we've, I think, you know, as a society, we need to relook at college and how important that is. Is it really needed outside of doctors, dentists? engineers, CPAs, things that actually need a degree. I don't know. I don't think it is. And I think that we need to encourage our kids to go and do the thing that makes them happy. Young, before they spend decades working in a corporate job that they don't like, that makes them miserable. Do you agree? I, I, I totally agree. And I, I, I'm kind of itching at the bit on this one because I have this like me and Vanessa have these conversations all the time about the school system and how twisted it was because I was I was the same way I my grades sucked my test scores are what carried me mm -hmm. because I even even like math okay I'm really good at math I just hate showing all the work because my math dif is different than their math like, oh you're like my I, son that was exactly him yeah, I, I can spit math like that and to explain it to write it out is not going to be the way that they teach it. Like right, right. One and over. And mm -hmm. No, it don't work that way. But it gets done. And honestly, it's probably about 50% quicker most of the time. Anyway, the bottom line, this is a huge conversation because there's so much opportunity in the school system for radical change. And I really do think that 
we need to empower our youth even more. Um, I think personally speaking, I think we should still have our standard curriculums for like K through fifth, uh, K through six, and then seventh and eighth grade, you're getting into more um, like how to manage yourself, like how to manage life Mm-hmm. when you get to that next step where you know you're moving out of your parents house or yeah. going across the country to take a job or whatever it is and i think like 10th through 10th 11th and 12th should be some type of not just not necessarily trade base but along those lines career training mm-hmm. that kind of development and i think i, I think 13 years of curriculum is unnecessary i mean i grew up we still had the the card catalog in the library and we were still using encyclopedias up until roughly about 10th grade yeah that's all i use it's a different world it is a completely different world but the powers that be who are stuck in the way that they grew up they 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 don't connect the dots that yo this is a lot more powerful than what it is I never took a coding course in my life, but I learned through things like YouTube and picking apart code that already exists, how to put things together. Yeah. You don't think, I mean, there's, there was YouTube videos going around during the pandemic of how to cheat the online classes by going in and inspecting the code and finding the true false flags. Like, come on, these kids. They're smarter than we think they are. Yes. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. I think it's, you know, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I'm an advocate, especially for young girls. And the reason that I am is because, you know, I was, I was talking about being overweight and being very awkward. I had strawberry blonde hair. I was freckles. I mean, the whole gamut. And I was bullied terribly in school. And it, not only did I have this really unhealthy childhood in my house, but then I would go to school and I was terrorized because I was really, really different looking. Um, And it just deeply, deeply impacted me. And, you know, I think that there just has to be a different conversation that we have with our kids, especially when they hit middle school. Um, And I'm speaking primarily about girls because girls believe that they have to do certain things, be a certain way to be valuable. Okay. And I want women and young girls to know that your value is an internal game. Your value is never, ever going to be rooted in anything external. I don't give a shit what it is. If you don't love yourself, nobody will ever love you. Period. It's the truth. And people hate when I say that because they think it's so rude. Um, But it's actually the fucking truth. No one should ever love you as much as you should love yourself. Ever. That's that's one hundred percent truth, but yet we look to everybody else for that acceptance and that validation, or we look towards what society deems as normal. Like back in the you know forties, fifties, sixties, it was the woman stays at home, cook, clean, all that stuff. Like I grew up, my my household was okay. My parents divorced at twelve. Uh, dad, they separated when I was nine. Um, mom was single four kids until I moved out at 18. So, I mean, nine years of that, like my mom was a strong character in my life. 
like, yeah, there might have been times shit sucked, but she stepped out and stepped up. Yeah. So I I feel like women should have the life that they want. I have no judgment with regards to how any woman lives her life. I mean, I happen to believe because I've been a single mom and I've been divorced twice and I fucking killed it because I busted my ass and did it. I made no excuses. And that department, and that is rooted in my, the relationship with my dad, because my dad is a very, very hard worker. Um, and so everything I got in respect to that, it really, really comes from my dad. But I worked my ass off and I did it because of who I am and that I just never, ever believed that I had to depend on someone else to take care of me. And the more women that get over the bullshit of believing that they're the victims, that someone should take care of them, that they can't have the life they want, they will go out. Not only will they live a better life, but they will be better for their kids. And I am a proponent for like killing the generational trauma. It's why I'm like such a proponent of forgiveness, right? Yeah. You know, when I got on that stage at Stacy's event and I talked about forgiving my mom, you saw me hold up that journal. My mom wrote that journal when she was dying. I read that journal when I was 18. And I was so pissed and so full of rage that I threw it back in a box and I didn't find it again until I was 41. That is what resentment and bitterness and anger will do to you. Don't be that person. It, yeah, there's, there's nothing to say about that. Yeah. It, it, it's a horrible, it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. It's a slippery slope. So, Michelle, we are coming up on the top of the hour here. So, went fast. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I, I got to thank you. I got to thank you for coming here and pouring into our community yeah. and sharing your journey and your message with them. Um, where does everybody connect with you? Well, um, you can connect with me on Facebook, uh, Michelle Fuller. Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram at one bold underscore MF. And I'm looking around because I think that's right. So it's, it's sad that I don't know my own handle. Good Lord. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Um, but it's one bold MF. Uh, yeah. One bold underscore MF. I just checked while I was on this podcast. Or you can uh, contact me on my website, which is oneboldmf.com. I will say Instagram always makes it a pain, especially with the scammers lately. Like they go through all this trouble to duplicate our stuff. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> um, I've seen it so much, particularly with people inside Apex. And you're like, wow, okay. Um, it's funny, I, I got a DM from someone who had copied someone's APEC stuff. And I knew immediately that it wasn't that person. It's just so strange. You're like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh man. All right, guys, oneboldmf.com. We're going to put that in the bio. Michelle, thank you for your time today. Yeah, I greatly appreciate it. Our community greatly appreciates it. And guys, remember, we have a choice in how we choose to live our day. I hope you choose to make the day awesome.